the Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the one, the only, Jerry Springer! Oh, wow! Oh, man! Thank you! Wow. Hey, by the way, yes. Mar- that was Maria Corelli, the third voice of our podcast. Yes. Uh, and she joined us. In case people have missed our prior ones, uh, Megan right. is... Megan Hill was yeah. with us for years. We love Megan. Uh, she got a great job that requires her. It's, it's in the field of human resources, her day job, and it requires her to miss the times when we record. So therefore, Maria Corelli well-known at the Folk School Coffee Parlor here in Ludlow, yes. became our third voice. Uh, and previous to hiring her, she explained she would be in Mexico for a couple of weeks, so that's why she's not here. So that's ho- her voice, but Maria's not with us. She'll be back soon. Yeah, I hope she gets back before they put the wall up. Before the wall goes up, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There's not going to be a wall. Oh, maybe not. Well, we'll get to that in yes, a second. yes. And by the way, congratulations. You, you know us. We love Ludlow, Kentucky. We yes. love Folk School Coffee Parlor. Yes. We love everything that's happening in Ludlow, Kentucky, this great little town along the river across, from, uh, across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Yes. And it's going through a wonderful renaissance. And a new city council was elected last night. Some very forward-thinking people. One of them who won is a great friend of this show, Julie Terry Navarre. Yes. And Jerry, you supported her. Yes. She, yes. she did very well in the field race. And, uh, you know, you're going around claiming now, I know, I've heard you say it. Well, yeah. Julie won because I supported her. Yeah, it's kind of like Trump. If they put their arms around me, yes. they, they win. win. Yeah. And, and those people running for political office. Let's name don't. them. Let's name them. <laughs> you know, go down the line, just like Trump did today. Yeah. If you didn't catch that in the news, Donald Trump, oh, yeah, just Don- this whack job that he is named all these Republican people yeah. who ran from him, and then he mocked them because they lost. He ripped them at a press conference. Republican candidates for Congress, some of them were incumbents who lost. He ripped them all because the reason they lost, he said, is because they didn't put their arms around him. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, and we got, I think we should talk, uh, by the way, let's let our listeners know, we are recording this episode on November 7th, which is one day after the really historic, um, I, well, it's historic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big, it was it a was big a one. Huge election. A midterm election, uh, the midterm election night of Tuesday, September, November the 6th. So we're going to kind of uh, talk, and I'm going to ask you some questions, your analysis sure. of what went down. Before we do that, let's congratulate Gene Galvin. Because Let's do that. And I want to be the one congratulating oh, go you. Go ahead. Okay. I'll accept you, the congratulations. Yeah, see, you're like Trump. You got to do it <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> Gene is a grandfather again. Yes. Thank you very much. By the way, Daughter I'm Lindsay a, gave birth to, to Fiamma, a little six pound girl, beautiful little girl. Um, I'm 57 years old. Oh, so, oh, what, oh, what, oh, what? Oh, oh. 
You know, it's getting harder and harder. What, First what? of all, <laughs> some people watch this on Facebook so yeah. they can see you. I've had a hard okay. life, Jerry. It was one thing Jerry. for you to say you were 57 on radio. I've had a hard radio. life. I'm yeah. really... Yeah, it's a hard life. Some, it's a hard 57. And down some short roads. No, but that's great. So you now have three grandchildren. I have six. Oh, six. Three, yeah. I mean, three, three from... A, three, my daughter has yeah. three and my son and us daughter-in-law and my daughter and her husband, you, David, you, Todd. You Catholics. Yeah, it's a Catholic thing. <clears throat> so um, last night in this election. Yes. Oh, yeah. l- l- let's give the big picture first. Can, can we do, can I kind of lay this out real yeah, fast? Yeah, sure, so, sure. So across America, because of course elections happen at local, state, yeah. and federal level. We're going to talk about the federal level. And um, the Dems were hoping to win the Senate. Now, that would have been real hard, right? Right, because most of the Senate races this year were races where there was a Democrat incumbent. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, the Democrats had to protect their offices, and any anyone they lost would mean that the number would go down. So they were defending. They were defending. Now, in 2020, it's going to be reversed big go. time, where most of the Senate races in 2020 are ones held by Republicans, so they're going to have to defend, and there could literally be a sweep back the other way with only a few changes. And by the way, the Dems actually did pretty decently compared to what might have happened. For example, uh, the senator in uh, Montana won. Yes. The senator in West Virginia won. They were defending there, and those were strong Trump states. Yep, yep. Uh, they picked uh, and a hundred women came into the U.S. House. Yep. Uh, women uh, got we, women won governorships in Kansas and Michigan, New Mexico. So there were some really good things that happened. But of course, the big story is upwards to thirty-five and maybe more seats switched over to the Democrats in the four hundred thirty-five member House of Representatives. Yeah, they now have at least the twenty-five vote majority in the House. And that's significant. I mean, that you can afford to lose a few votes on big issues and still carry the day. So the Democrats are in a very powerful position. That One thing that struck me, and then we'll talk a yeah. little more about it later on, but one thing that did strike me, there was one headline in one of the papers, or maybe I saw it on the internet, um, where the Democrats were celebrating their victory, but they... But there was a tinge of disappointment. All right. In other words, some of their big star candidates, like in Texas and in Florida. Beto O'Rourke was yeah, an example. Betty, Gil- right. Gillum. And, and Gillum, yeah. They, they didn't, it didn't come through, and so there was some disappointment. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me, something that I remember right after, it was the night of the 2016 election when uh, you know Hillary lost, and I was in Times Square... Um, hosting with Piers Morgan the presidential election for England, for ITV, one of the big networks in England. And so we were the co-hosts, whatever, and we had guests on. And that was just like the worst night because I had to sit there and pretend to be unaffected by what was going on, and it was just horrible. And, um, and I regret that I don't remember the name of the guest we had. She was an African-American woman, and she said something which really, really struck me. She said, as she looks around and talks to her friend, she had been backstage, that 
the Democrats were walking around crying and just, you know, you remember that night. And what she said is, among African Americans, we're used to this. In other words, you guys, she was saying, get upset because you lost this election, a big election, and you lost it. For 150 years, if we were, for example, living in the South, every election, it didn't matter who won, someone would be in there would say, you can't go to these restaurants, you can't go to these hotels, you can't, you can't have these jobs, you can't live in these neighborhoods, you know, and if you're real bad, we're going to lynch you. I mean, this stuff, we're just pampered by what we think. In other words, her reaction was, and it really kind of made me sit up, and I said, whoa, that's what perspective means. Yep. Is And here we're saying, as Democrats, we just won the House, and which is big news. And because that is the brakes on Trump. And, you know, we're disappointed because we didn't win in Florida and we didn't win in Texas. Yeah, it would have been nice if we won. And one day, I suspect we will. But I, I think we kind of got to look at this in perspective. And the one other thing I'd say is that we've been saying that 2018, get out and vote, because if there's no 20, if we don't win in 2018, there's no 2020. And that proved to be right. View it this way. It's a football game. It's the fourth quarter, two and a half minutes left. And your team scores a touchdown and is now within one. The other team gets the ball. So you kick off to them and you send in your defense. And your defense has to hold them to give you a shot in the last minute to come back to give your offense a chance to win. That's what 2018 has been for the Democrats. That we had to send in the defense, which means put up something to stop Trump from doing any more damage. That's the way to look at it. What the winning of the House did is it doesn't undo everything that Trump has done, but it stops him in his tracks from being able to do things on his own. It's no longer one-party rule. The one area where they do have total rule is with judicial appointments because they have the Senate. There's nothing we can do to stop that. But everything else, all his crazy ideas, he's now going to need the votes of a Democratic Congress. So what we did is we sent out the defense. We said, just hold them to four downs, and then we can come back in 2020 and win it all again with the presidency and winning the Senate, since most of the Senate seats will be Republican uh, seats up for grabs, and we can take pick some of them off. Good, That's the way to look good at point. it. By the way, Ohio, and, and we're just across from Cincinnati, across the Ohio River, as I said, in Ludlow, Kentucky. But we were both kind of raised in, uh, in Ohio politics. You, yes. you came to Ohio in uh, 1969 yeah. or so. I yeah. was there my whole life. June 11th. <laughs> and a, a Wednesday, it was raining. Yeah, <laughs> I, we know that. But um, so we really have followed Ohio politics. Yeah. And you are friends with Rich Cordray, who ran for governor. Let's and I, I agree with you, Jerry. Let's keep it in perspective. We did very well as Democrats yesterday in the midterms. We did, and there's no reason to look at it any other way. But the truth is, in Ohio, 
We got our asses kicked. We did. The whole top of the ticket went down. A good friend of ours, David Pepper, is now, I'm sure, going to be on a a chopping block because he's had two cycles where things have not gone well. And as we were, you were saying, driving over here, we wonder if Ohio, uh, when Ohio will be blue again, but it's uh, bright red at the moment. I think it's entirely possible. I hate to say this, but if I honestly believe that right now, I don't think in the 2020 presidential election, we're going to be one of those, as Ohio, so goes America. I, I don't think we're one of those toss-up states. They're going to, the toss-up states are now, I'm now mostly in the West. A uh, good point. But let me ask you this. That's a good point. However, do you know, you know this, you were saying driving over here that Democrats in the election yesterday, when you tally up all the people who voted Democrat versus all the people who voted Republican, it was close to a seven point difference in favor of Democrats. Nationwide. So the popular vote, once again, overwhelmingly Democrat, overwhelming. Oh. And, and the popular vote for Hillary Clinton was three million vote difference yes. in her yeah. favor. Yes. But notice this situation. Clearly, the data shows based on yesterday that Trump's party, because the Republican Party now is 100 percent Donald Trump's party. Got it. Donald Trump's party is a rural party. It's a white slash rural country got it people out out in the boonies where i have spent part of my time living so i love it but it's a rural party yes the democrats have always held the cities and yesterday as we expected they got the suburbs yep because there were so many people turned off by donald trump's strategy which was talk to the base talk to the base throw red meat to the base irritate everybody else, fight with the press, attack the caravan. Notice he didn't talk about the caravan coming today and putting barbed wire. Caravan from Guatemala is nowhere near us. It won't be till December, if at all. So we have now urban and suburban. If we can figure out in 20, even in Ohio, this is a question of having a very charismatic national candidate like a Barack Obama, that gets your emotions going. Yep. Can we turn out numbers with students? By the way, here's another fact. The students who were the Parkland High School students, yeah. they're taking credit today for knocking off Comstock and a number of people who are heavily NRA-supported, well, who they targeted. So there are some really good things happening and, and did happen. I'm hoping we can turn that on Ohio. Yeah, one of the interesting as we look at the numbers, not only did America vote Democrat uh, by 7%, but also of first-time voters, uh, people that voted for the, in, in their first election, Democrats won 63% of the vote. That's like two-thirds of every new voter voted Democrat, which is obviously primarily either young voters or new citizens that suddenly have their citizenship. Yep. So that, again, the demographics are on the side favor. are on this uh, the side of Democrats, and you know it's not going to happen overnight. Remember, this was just stop Trump right now, and now we got to continue to build because next election we really do have a chance not just to stop him, but to bring America back to Americans' hands. Two quick questions. Uh, 
One is, uh, do you think, and keep this kind of brief because I want to throw another one at you that's even yeah, deeper. We'll make this the rant. All right. Well, <laughs> one is, does 2018, and by the way, before I ask this, would you agree that what we have to say to these new people is you just, can't, you just engaged in the battle? You can't go home now. You can't be summer mm. patriots and, and sunshine soldiers. It's what that this woman is, was this is telling how it works. me. Yeah. Yes, the this is how it works. The civil rights movement, they couldn't just say we lost one election. And we're going, going home. home. No, no way. So you have to stay engaged. We have, it's a victory. we have victories that give us confidence to go forward. We have to go forward. Yep. What does 2018 tell us, if anything, about what, how to do it in 2020? Or does it, is it a preview of 2020? It is not a preview of 2020. And the reason, I, I don't care what these pundits are saying, and I guess I'm I'm a podcast pundit, <laughs> but, you know, what uh, these talking heads are saying, you know, they're now everyone's trying to look at 2020 and this is what's going to happen. We have no idea. And, and, and we, we have no idea because first of all, we don't yet know what Mueller knows. And now that we're going to have a democratic Congress, we will find out what Mueller knows. In other words, all what he's been doing even in the next two months, can't go away. It's written down someplace. It's in somebody's vault. The American people, after it gets subpoenaed, after January or after January 3rd, the American people are going to find out everything that Mueller's found out. So we don't know what that's going to be. So therefore, and that'll be a factor, obviously, in 2020. We don't know what the investigations of all the committees now. Remember, the Committees are now all in Democrat hands, and they have the subpoena power. So there's all kind of things that we're going to discover, you know, what's going on with, um, with the environment, what's going on with our energy legislation, what's going on with housing. I mean, there's so much that we're going to now find out that has been buried as long as it was one-party rule that all of a sudden that's going to have an effect on the election. And we don't know how many new voters there'll be in 2020. We hope there are a lot of new voters because we've seen what these numbers do. New voters come out and vote Democrat. So let's get continue to get young people interested in this and, and they come out. And then finally, of course, we have no idea who the Democratic candidate's going to be. And, you know, if we don't have a great candidate, all this stuff goes out yeah. the window uh, because Trump will definitely get his base. We have to get someone that can get our base as well Equally as... Equally energize our equal, yeah. yeah. So all those factors. So no, I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. All I know is we stopped Trump from the worst things he can do right now. Yep. And we've, we've got to build on that. But we're starting it, you know... Let me ask you, know. you this. There was a controversy. <clears throat> Some people caught this. I did. You obviously did. Uh, about Sean Hannity. These are all people mm -hmm. from Fox News. Sean Hannity, Judge Jeanine Pirro, and Laura Ingram. They're all uh, people who have yeah. shows on Fox News. Each of them, working for a news company, endorsed either Donald Trump, in, two ca in the case of Sean Hannity and Judge Jeanine Pirro, stood on stage with him at a rally the night before the election and spoke on his behalf and the candidates he was promoting. And Laura Ingram sent out multiple tweets promoting several candidates. 
Is that within the ethics? Because you've been a news anchor on the NBC affiliate in Cincinnati. Can you do that and still keep your job? Well, whether you can keep your job, first of all, it's not illegal. Secondly, whether you keep your job will be up to Fox News. Fox News is going to have to make a commercial decision about, and there's, there's conflict going on within Fox News right now, within the Fox network. Because, over that issue? Over that issue, okay. because they have some serious reporters, not the nighttime you know, uh, cable guys, but they're regular reporters, and they are outraged about this because what they're saying is this really hurts our credibility. We're going out covering stories, and the rest of the media looks at us like, you know, you're with Fox News. You're not to be taken seriously anymore. You're obviously partisan and all this kind of stuff. So there's a real debate going on within Fox News. And the Fox News executives issued a statement saying they don't approve of what happened. They probably don't want Hannity to do it. In fact, they don't want Hannity to do it. But what do they do? Because they're running a network and it's commercial. And they know that Hannity is their big draw in terms of advertising, revenue, et cetera, and ratings. And if they can him or suspend him, they're going to be losing a ton of money. So they're in a tough position. Now, look, I'm, from my point of view, I hate most of the things that Hannity says on the air. It drives me crazy. But he's always said, and I guess the others have too, that they're not journalists, that they are partisans. They are you know, people that write columns, that give opinions. They are far to the right. They never run away from that. Hannity brags about, yeah, I talk to Trump several times a week on the phone. Um, I'm not a journalist. Of course I'm partisan, and I'm on the air giving my point of view on an opinion broadcast. So, and then I say to myself, well, I watch an awful lot of MSNBC. And although, in fairness to Rachel Maddow, she never has gone out and campaigned, you know, ever since she's had her program, campaigned for some Democrat, or, you know, been at a rally or something like that. But I don't get upset when she's obviously liberal and obviously says favorable things about, you know, uh, more liberal candidates, about Democrats. So I have to kind of step back if I'm giving an opinion about whether this is right, is I don't really complain when it's going my way. How much can I complain when it goes another? So I would fight for the right for Sean Hannity, Hannity to say these hateful things, you know, the things that I hate, but he has a right in America to say it. Where I think he crosses the line and I would say this to him if we were sitting together. I would say this to him. I'd say, you preach all the stuff you want to preach. This is America. That's your right. I disagree with it all. I think you're crazy, but go ahead. That's your program. Say what you want. Where he crosses the line is when he got up on stage and says all the other networks are fake news yeah. and the press is the enemy because that is undermining America. He is undermining the very principle which gives him the right to say all the stuff he says. I mean, what, 
you know, it's the craziest thing in the world. You want the right to go out and go and campaign for people, say whatever you want, say you hated Obama, say all this stuff. You, you see, you don't, <laughs> you don't even have to be honest. You see, the First Amendment doesn't require honesty. It, it's free speech. And the reason you can't require honesty is who's going to determine whether what you say is honest. You can have the government decide what's okay to say and what's not. And of course, then we lose freedoms. So we agree in our society, First Amendment means, other than calling people to action uh, of criminal activity, you can give any opinion you want, even if it's not the truth. You're allowed to do that. But when he's saying that just for competitive competition and competitive advantage because he wants to do better than MSNBC or CNN, when he says they're all enemies of the people and that's all fake news, he is, as I said, undermining free press. If people can't believe what the press says because you're convincing them it's all lies, then we don't have free speech anymore. Then we have only what the president says is okay. And he can't, you can't be for that, Sean. You know that's wrong. And you'll lose your freedom. So that is where it's gone too far. He has every right to go out because he's not a journalist. He doesn't pretend to be. He says he's not. He's not trying to give you the fair and balance, which was all tongue-in-cheek anyway. By the way, he said that to a riser full of media people <clears throat> that included Fox News reporters. Mm. He didn't I even, just... he didn't say most of you up there are fake news people. He said, it to us. can you imagine how pissed off John Roberts, is that his name? Oh, there? right, right, right. Their lead uh, political yeah. reporter who's standing up there with fellow journalists. And by the way, yeah. they all do get along. And they do respect him. Yes. The MSNBC people, the CNN. Oh, yeah, and they stick up for each those other. Those real journalists yeah. do stick up for each other. He made that crack to all of them. Yeah. They must have fumed so about it, that. There's a lot of fighting going in within, you know, within Fox right yeah. now with that. But that's, that's what the problem is. So I'm not going to... Look, I complain about Sean Hannity's views, but I'll never com complain about his right to do that. This yeah. is America. I don't want anyone telling me I can't watch a MSNBC. Good point, Jerry. Hey, tonight, do, do me a favor. Can I have a napkin? I just spilled yeah, coffee Jerry all has, over me. Has so, Jerry has soiled himself and uh, <laughs> needs some help. Can you pass? Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go in there and That's get a, a different place. A double pass roll. that water over Absolutely. to me. Would, would you, you like some? Are you getting thirsty, uh, Yes, I, yeah, I oh. like to have a little uh, wah-wahs, we call it. Yeah. Hey, uh, very excited tonight. You know what? We this have stain on. looks like Indonesia. No, it actually came out fine. Jerry, you can't see this. Jerry has poured coffee on his sweater. Um, it's probably like an Armani sweater or something. My stuff, my if tailor Mickey's, is TJ Maxx, if, by the way. If Mickey's listening, she's saying not again. Not again, right? Hey, we're very fortunate tonight. We have our, as our musical guest, Jamin Zeiler. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Rising Sun, Indiana. He's been on our show, it's been a while, but he was on another time, and he uh, has a, a good story 
his his the backstory on him is he is a luthier, and he makes musical instruments, wood instruments, and also repairs them. And we're real excited to announce that here at Folk School Coffee Parlor, Ludlow, Kentucky, a place that I urge every listener, if you're ever traveling across the Midwest, you got to just jump off of I-75, the major artery that goes from Michigan all the way to the tip of Florida. And uh, it's very easy to get to, the, to Ludlow, Kentucky, where the Folk School Coffee Parlor is. And they just opened another branch, uh, Jamin and Ben Knight. Ben Knight and the Grave Diggers, if I'm not mistaken. Well, well Diggers, thank you. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't, don't say that around us, both, right? I don't know. Those are both good names. But the Well Diggers, and Ben nervous. is uh, joining Jamin. First of all, welcome to Jamin Zyler. Yeah. Hey, let me just complete this thought. Ben Knight of the Well Diggers is someone who's been on this show a time or two. Yep. He's from, he lives in Ludlow, Kentucky. He's an example of many of the creative class people who have moved in here. Yeah. Bought a home. He's a, he's a wood guy. He's, he's got a degree from the Louisville University in yeah. Kentucky, but he now uh, has for pretty much his whole life worked doing great cabinet work, as I understand. He does. He's a very fine woodworker. And so it makes sense that he is now going to work with you. Mm-hmm. You were telling me before the show, Jamin, that you are – training him as somebody who is younger than you by a few years to carry yeah. on your skills. Yeah, I want to pass, I want to pass along my repair skills. I've showed uh, about half a dozen people in, around the tri-state how to build acoustic guitars. Okay. But I've never really shared my repair skills. And my daughter is a dental hygienist. She has no interest, so I want to pass it down to somebody. This is great. I'm getting old. But, yeah, no, this is great. By the way, so. before we ask you to do a song... Um, mm-hmm. Tell us if somebody takes an interest in seeing the guitars you make. Do I assume you make guitars and then you sell some? Or are they all commissioned? They're all commissioned. All commissioned. So yeah. if somebody wanted to commission you, is there a website they can go to and see your stuff? There is. It's uh, georgiapeachguitars.com. There you go. Which Georgia is a Peach model Guitars. I'm making in honor of uh, Dwayne Allman. But wow. you could see my work on there. And you're and playing one of your guitars tonight? Yeah, this is one I made recently can i ask you a question and sometimes Mm -hmm. you ask this like asking somebody for example for years jerry and i have been buddies since like 1970 neat all along the way jamin and i have watched have you ever looked at the when barack obama became president the economy rose on a graph for eight years it just went up and up and the longer he was there the the better the economy was i have watched jerry from the time of 1970 to today i've watched his income (laughs) rise 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 i've asked him a hundred times how much do you make he he will not tell me so that's sometimes an uncomfortable question but how much do your guitars cost they they started four thousand there you go, 4000 if you're a friend, I've never been much of a businessman. I, gotcha. I make enough to make a living. Want to be friends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, did you say they start at 4000 4000 yeah. Could, they're, may I ask they're, you this? They're handmade. I mean, I make everything from start to finish from boards. We're, we're so. going to ask you, because we chatted before the show, we're going to ask him to come back on again next week, too. And I want to ask you in that second episode, the next episode, Mm-hmm. Uh, a quick explanation of how it goes from start to finish. But one last okay. question before we ask you to do a song. If you started four grand, would you mind telling us what has been the high water mark of a guitar for somebody? 6,500. 
See, that's actually yeah. not bad, is it? I mean, not, not in today's world, no. No, no I'd say it's because, uh, yeah, that's actually, I mean, that's a whole lot of money to me. My it guitar is. is I couldn't I, afford it. No, that's a lot of dough, but uh, it's that's a, good. It's a tip to me. <laughs> that's right. Well, it used to be. It used to be. Uh, we, we've pulled the man off the hill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, hey, uh, what are you going to do for us tonight? I'm going to do a song I, I wrote called um, Let's Grow Old Together. All right, let's All right, hear it. Go. Jamin Zyler. talking with you You could say it's a miracle Watching life go by And making friends through the years I'm happy I'm here I'm happy you're here Let's grow old Let's walk around here And dance a little too Let's grow old together Conversation A cup of tea I like kind company I believe in people and that true love is content and time with your friends is well spent I'm happy I'm here I'm happy you're here let's grow old together Let's walk around here and dance a little too. Let's grow old together. Let's grow old together. That is oh, that's a good song. That is Thank you. Whoa. Thank you. Jamin Zyler. By the way, Jamin, people can hear your music how? Um, I sell CDs on CD Baby. I All have right. about five pub publications. Under um, the name Jamin Zyler. J-A-M-O-N-N. N-N or one N. Or either way. <laughs> Sometimes okay. the, the, the extra N hasn't gotten on. I gotcha. And uh, Zyler <laughs> is Z-E-I-L-E-R. That's correct, yeah. By the way, that's a sweet-sounding guitar. That Thank guitar you. you. Oh, that made. is. And one yeah. quick question on mm -hmm. that. There... Uh, and if, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we encourage people to do that. By the way, you can know when our episodes run by going to jerryspringer.com. There's a schedule. And you can either get us on a live stream according to that schedule at jerryspringer.com or watch on Facebook Live. And if you put that camera on that guitar, the, uh, traditional guitars have typically a round hole. Yeah. And that one has an oblong hole on a diagonal. Mm -hmm. Tell us why. Is that for well, sound? Or? This guitar, I had a friend pass away July 5th who I showed how to make, a, make guitars in 96. And right. he was a dear friend. 
And he always admired the way I designed as I went. I just would change stuff in midstream. Really? Because if, if you ordered a guitar and you say, just make me a guitar that you think sounds great, I would just design as I go. So I, made, I was making this in his honor. Uh, it's a lot like the first guitar he made in my shop. All right. And I had a round sound hole set yeah. up to do, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to change it because he always laughed. You just change. How do you just change? Yeah. Because he was yeah. real kind of, yeah, you know, follow the rules. And does it alter the sound? It does. It actually throws it right up in your face when you when you when oh, you have this oval sound hole. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's very so. interesting looking, and you almost have some pinstriping at the bottom. Yeah, that's um, well, it's the... a little ray of sunshine for Dan. Dan Ross was oh, okay, name. and I inlaid some abalone there. So yeah, that's Beautiful. very cool. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, do us a favor. Take us out on down by the riverside, the old yes. traditional song, and Jerry's going to jump in on verse two if you'll let him. Absolutely. Please. <laughs> and it might be uh, last time this song is ever sung. Yeah. in the history of humankind. Yeah. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heavy load Down by You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.